Adam, is that Dan? you? Dens? Who else would it be, man? Come on. How many times are we going to do this? I don't know. Say the same <laughs> thing every time. It feels right, though. Every time, it feels right. <laughs> yeah, it does feel right. Like the like the amount of anger that I get when it happens, and you know, it, it's just right. It's good. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. Moving along with another day. Nice, nice, and it's important. Hey, is Ramadan over yet? Uh, it is not. Uh, looks like the last official day of fasting looks like it's going to be on April 20th and our holiday will be the next day. So the 21st. So uh, right. the, the last home stretch, I think we're down to single digits after today. So it's exciting. So you have a, yeah, you still have a little bit to go. And I find it fascinating that you had to think whether it was over or not. <laughs> well, you took a little, you know, you took some time. So I'm wondering if you, you cheated at all with your fasting or something to make you have to think about it. Yeah. I mean, this, this was really not a, a planned conversation today, but there is some kind of controversy. I don't want to say controversy, but there's two ways that Ramadan um, can go. Uh, for me being Turkish, we subscribe to uh, just a calendar, like a scheduled holiday. So I, I know for a fact that the holiday falls on the 21st. But because uh, there are some traditionals out there, because it's all about like something like the, the new moon or things like that. And so when there's a, like a prominent uh, imam in like um, Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, which is where Mecca is located, uh, once mm. they make the call of when the holiday is, when the last day of fasting is, then they kind yeah. of like share that news uh, with everybody. But, you know. Uh, for me, being Turkish, we've always kind of subscribed to just a regular calendar. And so I, I know for a fact uh, the last day is the 20th of fasting. Okay. All right. Um, Thanks for your explanation. I do yeah. appreciate that, actually. A, a little uh, religious tutorial. Yes. And thanks, my Easter. Thanks for asking about my Easter holiday. It was great. He is risen. Um, you know, I participated in thir Holy Thursday, Good Friday. Holy Saturday, went to, you know, Easter Sunday Mass. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. One with God, all right. Yeah, just doing doing my best, you know. I, I think we should say for the audience then, right, is that, you know, we, we, we do take in all kinds here, right? Not just uh, Muslims or, you know, Catholics, you know, Christians, uh, Jewish folks, agnostic, atheists, right? We'll, we'll take the whole bunch for listeners, right? Yep, and I do want to, just for cultural background, um, I'm actually 62% um, Jewish blood, right? And 37% Italian with 3% Greek and 1% English. Now, I'm not 100% if that adds up to 100, but hopefully it does <laughs> and it makes sense. Okay. Did you just but give us the rundown of your 23andMe report? <laughs> It was ancestry, not not the twenty three and me. But um, <laughs> I, I want to say that I, when I initially found out that I was sixty two percent Jew blood, I um, was very. I felt like I was lied to for forty years by my parents because I was always told, "Oh, you're fifty percent Italian, you're fifty percent Jewish." You know, as far as you know culture you know ethnicity goes and mm. once i got those results i'm like mom and dad read it and weep you lied to me wasn't 50 50 it's 62 37 3 and 1 there's the breakdown hey, hey adam i don't want to brush the bubble bubble but also santa doesn't exist the easter bunny is also a fictitious character amongst the many things that your parents have lied to you about um i think the show is over I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I don't think I can go on. <laughs> no, with what Mind you just blown. Yeah. Huh. Um, no, but um, so that that means you know then there was some Jewish blood in your mother then, right? Because your father is the one who is Jewish or mostly Jewish. Right. right. My dad. My dad is is Jewish. Yeah. yeah. So that, my that mom, my mom, my mom, mom, my mom is Italian, 
with some Greek and my dad has some English, but it's like the DNA piece. There's more Jewish in me. Now, one of my brothers got it done to as well. And he has less Jewish, however you want to, you know, less Jewish, you know, inside of them DNA or whatever. Um, than I do. It's just not all equal. Okay. That's For people that are out there, it's just not an equal thing. Okay. It's people yeah. from the same same family have different percentages. That that shouldn't be the case then, shouldn't it? Why was his be less than yours? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it all worked out, but that's how it how it worked itself out, Dens. I don't know. Well, let's, let's do I'm this. Not, I'm not Ancestry.com, okay? I sent in the stuff, the spit. <laughs> they analyzed it. They did. They tell you the rundown of what they're doing, you know, that we've received your, you know, your saliva. Now we're in the heating and cooling process. Um, <laughs> you know, I, and as I was getting this, I got this done like a couple of years ago. And as I was getting it done, I remember looking at these emails thinking, um, is there some dude, like some dude in his mom's basement, like, ma, take out the saliva out of a microwave, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just doing this in his basement or something. I don't know why I thought that. I thought it was I'm like, it's just some guy in his mom's basement doing this, you know, well, I but, mean, if, you, if you take a look at, I mean, the customer service they provide you, I mean, I, I think that's excellent communication, right? I mean, we would only yeah. you know beg for that from, from other people and, and companies right cell phone companies cable companies right but right. I, I do want to say to our listening audience is that someone in the audience might be working for ancestry or 23 and me again if folks want us to kind of really promote that product on air officially send us some you know free kits and you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll put that out there in the uh, uh future podcasts right yeah definitely definitely yeah. um so yeah, I mean, we, we're we're already minutes in this, in, into this podcast, and so we've already derailed. So this is going to be interesting. Um, but for the listening audience, uh, we greatly, greatly appreciate folks, uh, you know, listening to our podcast on a regular basis. Uh, you know, we, uh, we we love the fact that people are engaged and interested, and it's impacting people. That's the idea, uh, the or, you know, original idea of coming up with this podcast between you and I. Um, there are folks who obviously, you know, had some concerns about the last episode. Um, just for kind of reminder's sake, Adam is in Massachusetts. I'm in New Jersey. Okay. We're doing this over kind of the internet and an, an app. And so it's not meant to be perfect, but I think, you know, we'll hopefully uh, get better and better at making sure that um, there's good quality um, audio in these podcasts so that people can, you know, stay tuned and ideally take something positive you know, from, from our conversations together. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So for folks, uh, follow us and listen to us on Spotify, Amazon music podcast, and also, uh, Apple podcast. Uh, and, and the podcast name is the addict and the counselor. And you can also email us at the addict and the counselor at gmail.com. So the addict and the counselor, all one word at gmail.com. So we'd love to hear from our audience and uh, you know, let us know if there's a specific topic that you all want to talk about. And uh, we're definitely game for it. So we're trying to you know make each podcast you know, something unique, something kind of interesting uh, that kind of really Im impacts our communities. What, what do you have on the docket for tonight? So, I mean, we did, we did talk and I, I, I think, you know, unfortunately this is still kind of out there. Um, so, so we thought, you know, today's podcast can be dedicated towards kind of the gateway theory that, um, people who use, I, I think notoriously cannabis will end up using harder drugs, um, you know, sometime in their lifetime and also then become addicted. Right. So the theory is, or, you know, some theory is that cannabis will lead to harder drugs. So I think that's the question. And if you feel comfortable in sharing, you shared a little bit of, of your past experience, but kind of really focusing on the kind of the gateway theory, you know, thoughts, experiences, conversations, yep. and then uh, we'll take it from there. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton. I don't think I have a ton to say on it, um, but I'll share a little bit of my, what I have for experience with it. 
um, the first, the very first substance that that I used was nicotine. No, it was marijuana. I take that back. Strike that. Um, was marijuana, and and very soon after, I smoked about. 20 cigarettes like within 10 minutes like less than a week after i took my first hit of a joint of marijuana did did you get high off that hit the hit of marijuana yeah i got very high off it yes Mm. um and yeah i start right off yeah so how how old were you so i was fifth i was 15 it may have been late 14 but i'm pretty sure i was 15 um can you talk about like yeah i was 15 for sure so can you talk hmm? about like who when where with with the cannabis yeah i was at my friend um my friend nick's house and we just were in his room and he had he happened to have some weed and it was a couple other buddies of ours and it wasn't can't even remember whether it was like a plan it was planned or not i forget if i just like happened to be hanging out and he had it or Mm -hmm. if it was a thing you know before that it doesn't really Mm. it doesn't stick out into my mind which kind of says something too that it doesn't like stand out the pot thing you know um and yeah it was me I i know i was over my friend nick's and know a couple of my my other buddies were over there and we just passed a we passed a blunt around it was rolled up in um billy's mm. blunt mm. okay yeah. i mean so so what's interesting is that cannabis was the very first substance and you said that nicotine came right after that nicotine came very very soon after that where i i basically chain smoked like 20 cigarettes in a row you know without a break you know what's what was the mentality there for you i think i you know what it was i was practicing smoking like i was practicing it because like oh you're not inhaling oh let me you know i was trying to like perfect the cigarette smoke in a very short window right right so you want to get to expert level rapidly Right, right. I need to, I guess I need to be the best, you know, I needed to be the best cigarette smoker. Were you trying uh, to uh, mimic anyone with, with that habit? Like, holding it? Like, was, was there a vision of a smoker in your mind? Yeah, I mean, the, the guys, like, the people that, like, I looked up to was, like, Tupac, the rapper Tupac. So... I've seen, you know, he raps about, you know, cigarettes and a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I kind of, you know, I guess, you know, I thought about him with his Newports, you know, smoking his Newports. Did you chain smoke those Newports or was it something else? It wasn't Newports. It was Marlboros. Marlboros. Um, (laughs) Your... Did your parents smoke at all in your childhood or upbringing? No, no smoking. So I do have a, uh, I do have a, a, a little story to share about. Um, so I was probably about 10 or 11 years old. I'm walking home from school and my, 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 I get home from school and my dad's in his office and He's like really upset. I'm like, why are you so why are you so angry? Why are you acting like like he just was like harsh with me for some reason and didn't say why. Mm. And then it shortly like within like a minute it came out that I saw you with a cigarette in your mouth, right? Now I'm ten or eleven. That's pretty young. And I'm like, I'm like, Dad, no, it wasn't it wasn't a cigarette. I promise you, it was candy cigarettes. It was mm. candy cigarettes that I picked up at the store. And he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, well, you're you're faking and pretending you're smoking now with those candy cigarettes. And because you're doing it, you might, you know, you're more likely to, you know, do the real thing someday like that. <laughs> Interesting thought process, right? <laughs> sure enough, came true. Yeah, came to fruition. 
No, but you know that that's you know for folks who might be kind of significantly younger than us, and in like this kind of like candid related behavior has been kind of like you know obviously deemed inappropriate for like young people. Um, I I I used to love those candies. I love the fact that you can like blow out of the candy and like a puff of like smoke thing came out of it because there was a lot of people around me, uh, including both my parents, who were chronic smokers. Mm. you know so it was it, it was very very interesting uh like dynamic to kind of mimic people around you and, and like be um you know try to look cool or be cool you know doing yeah. it yeah so i had no smoke no smokers in my immediate family and um and so the only people that i would mimic are that i idolized with that were were like celebrities i guess oh interesting yeah. 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 Okay. So, I mean, what do you think about again this this kind of gateway controversy yeah. or gateway theory that people kind of still subscribe to? I mean, can you put so, your so, experience? Yeah. In? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think the person needs to be, you know, for whatever reason, you know, have that, you know, vulnerability towards you know to go towards addiction to be to to become addicted to or move towards like harder drugs i don't think it's a it's an automatic um thing that if you smoke weed you're going to end up using harder drugs as i i believe there's millions of people out there that have smoked weed and haven't done harder drugs um so I don't think it's automatic is that that's kind of what I heard you say, you know, at first, like they will move on or use, try other, you know, other drugs. Um, so I, I know that's a thought process out there, but. Um, so in your own experience, yeah. like looking back at this kind of this, this 15 year old you, if you never had that weed experience and then that kind of like, that nicotine use right after that and then like subsequent do you think your your intrigue of substance use would have been different yeah i mean it was in using something to fit to you know to tolerate the way i was feeling you know about myself so it's hard for me to like imagine me not going towards something you know Mm. So, I mean, then, I mean, what you're trying to say, it sounds like is that, I mean, you were already kind of predestined for some type of self-medicating behavior because of like what low self-esteem or self-confidence you would say? Yeah. Yeah. Total, like ton of insecurities, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think there's a, there's a large group are even more, I mean, I'm guessing here, I don't have the research in front of me and maybe you've looked into it, but guessing that there's many more, like it's more likely for a person to smoke weed and not get addicted to harder substance um, than there is for a person to smoke weed and to get addicted to harder substance or try harder substances. Um, I believe there's many more people that can just, that are able to just, manage weed smoking weed yeah i mean i i, I think you know all, all the science and all the research you know does point to that direction right when you look at the the number of people who even seek treatment for cannabis uh, the likelihood of them having a kind of poly substance or more than one substance use is significantly lower than just a kind of a single episode substance use mm. um when we look at it's going to be interesting. This this podcast is not going to, you know, this episode of the podcast is not going to age well in, you know, uh, 10, 15 years, because now, you know, where you live in mass and where I live in Jersey, um, you know, the legalization of recreational cannabis is in place. Um, So again, if, if there was this fear that uh, legal weed will then turn someone into, let's say into, you know, using crack or cocaine or heroin, you know, these, mm. you know, these state agencies w- would have absolutely not 
come to the place where they are. But because the right. evidence suggests is that, uh, like what you said, that people who smoke weed even daily, um, a high percentage, you know, way more than 50, I'm not going to say a hundred percent or even 90%, but I would, I would guess to say like 70, 80% of even daily weed users will never touch another substance uh, out there. You know, the weed is the thing uh, for them. Um, There is that small percentage of population that will, I think you talked about it in your story in uh, episode two, that kind of like falling in love, that self-fulfillment and then, you know, it kind of like running, you know, running out of steam and then looking for something else to kind of, uh, you know, pick that up. That doesn't happen on a large scale uh, numbers wise. Right. Right. Yeah. I I have a little, a weed story for you. So um, it's, (laughs) it's a few, it's um, yeah. I mean, my time is usually a little off here. So I'd say three or four years ago, you know, I'm, a few years into like the in and out relapsing stuff that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in Mattapan projects. I'm, um, I'm doing, you know, I've been up for days doing, doing the crack thing. And I still ha- like, I have a car. Right. And, but I was doing like some panic, you know, I was doing stuff to support my habit, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm outside, like in front of this, you know, this project home and with like a few guys and these dudes, like serious dudes, you know, and people, dudes that I'd be scared of usually. Right. And they take out some weed and they take out, they take out a blunt. Now I haven't smoked weed at this point since I was like 21, my last time. Right. Mm. <clears throat> and now I've been doing some harder substance. Right. And they, you know, they pull out this weed, they pull out a, a you know, a, a Philly's Blunt or Garcia Vega cigar. I forget what it was. Um, but of course, I'm, I had to be big shot. I'm like, I'm like, let me see that. Let me see that. I'll roll that up. Now, I haven't rolled a blunt since I was 21. And here I am, like, 38, 39, right? And, um, and I, I'll let you know, like, it, it was like riding a bike. Like I, I, they were impressed because I rolled like a perfect blunt. Right. And I took one hit. Right. And something happened where those, those guys like scattered. There was like broken glass. I think of that song, broken glass everywhere. You know, the puppy song, there was like broken glass bottle. Right. And I'm by myself all of a sudden. And I started getting really paranoid after that hit, like extreme paranoia that I don't experience off hard drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And I see, I see this this family coming, like going into one of the homes there in the projects, and I see, like in my mind, and I don't know if this is real, was real or not, but in my mind, they're they're shielding their kids from me, right? Mm. And I freaked the fuck out, right? I go into my car. I drive to Boston Medical Center. Out of my mind, the gas is on E, right? Like the light's been lights on for like a while. I make it to BMC parking lot. I I run into the ER through, I mean, through my car keys at the lady behind the desk, Right. And she goes, sir, sir, I'm sorry. I can't be responsible for your car keys. <laughs> I I leaned into her face like a half inch away from her. And I go, listen, you, if you don't take my keys, I'm going to kill someone out there or I'm going to kill myself. I was strapped down within like minutes later, <laughs> nonetheless. But that's in, but. <laughs> that's an tale for our audience folks uh, don't say that stuff in the emergency room so the thing is is like and i've talked to some a lot of professionals and other addicts about it is that if you don't now this happens to be a thing supposedly and i don't know if you've heard of this either by working you know working in the addiction field mm-hmm. but <laughs> i guess there's a thing where if you don't smoke weed for a while 
and you start using like some real hard drugs and then you smoke weed at some point, you go psychotic <laughs> and you can't smoke weed anymore. So because you go out of your mind. Um, so that's the thing. Like I've heard like professionals has said, have said that they've clients have patients have reported it to them that that's happened. Mm. Um, and I've, I'm friend, you know, I've, I've had conversations with other, you know, people in recovery that say like, yeah, once you start using a lot of hard substance, if you, you don't smoke weed for a little bit and you smoke weed, you're, you get, you know, you easily go into psychosis for a lot of people. Um, I mean, I, I would challenge just the notion of like going to psychosis easily, but I, I think it does bring in a very interesting uh, comment that like for someone like you, where you've exposed your brain and self to like, again, harder drugs, right? Crack, cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, that this kinds of things that how could, if you think about it, right. In the, in the scaling of like, um, you know, drugs on a, right. on a scale of one to 10, where weed and alcohol would be kind of lower on the list and those other drugs would be higher. Like how right. could that, in, you know, it, you know, turn you, in, you know, into a uh, psychosis, what it, it does bring, uh, you know, to again, even the kind of the the recreational legalization of, of cannabis, there are high grades of cannabis out there, right? And that's so, where you know people who are inexperienced or you know people who you know start to kind of get into it is that um, you got to be very very careful on the THC, which right. is uh, tetrahydrocannabinol uh, component in weed that makes people high lower percentages the high is less and it's less subtle the higher percentages and i i've heard numbers in like the double digits mm. so 10 13 I've, I've heard some ridiculous numbers i don't want to you know embellish it too much but like like 20s so if someone yeah. is exposed to something like that uh you know even someone who is a chronic user will probably feel an intense effect from it all i'm actually questioning yeah. your experience because uh, I've heard this before, was that, um, was there anything else in the weed to lead right. to that so, kind of psychotic? So, were, so, right. So when, when thinking about that story, that experience, so I came up with three possible, you know, possible things, right? One is the quality of re weed is a lot different than what I ever smoked, right? So high grade yes. marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. Number two thing is kind of what we talked about, too, is, you know, maybe some brain chemistry stuff is, you know, since I've been using harder, you know, there's something different now when I put a hallucinogen on board, right? Mm -hmm. Something else happens, right? Something different, right? Um, and then the other the other piece being, was it, for, was it laced with something, yeah. <laughs> which is totally a possibility, too. So there are a few different scenarios that could go along with that. Well, I That's, mean, you, uh, you said that weed is a hallucinogen. It actually falls under two categories. It's a hallucinogen and a depressant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's like one of the only substances that actually can create that in, in two different, like, uh, two different distinct categories. So... Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think you know, it's wild in my experience, and I'll reflect back to you know my first job, you know, in the field in the methadone clinic in Lawrence, um, where I was the intake coordinator and just doing like a lots and lots of intakes every single day, um, and so you know when folks would come in and I would do like a history on substance use, I you know. I could say to a high majority of that population, right, folks who are opioid dependent, mostly heroin, uh, definitely, um, you know, some some poly substance, so like heroin and coke or whatever, mm. um, and then just you know just the pain medication, which which when I first started in two thousand two, that was a smaller percentage of the population. It definitely picked up after that. Um, but when I would do folks substance use histories where I would ask, you know, each substance and I would kind of run down the list, you know, one of the questions that we always yeah. ask is like, how old were you when you started the substance? Yeah. I can say in, in that year, experience, first. yeah, that 
most folks in that methadone clinic, so folks who are opioid dependent, did have, and I would say significantly early alcohol and cannabis experiences. When I say significant, yeah. I'm saying like ages like 10, 11, 12, yeah. and then the, like the typical sometimes like, you know, you know, mid-teens kind of age, like, like what you yeah. said you were. Um, right. that, that was really shocking to me. I will say an interesting story. There was this uh, young woman who came in early 20s, um, I, I believe, on heroin at that time. And so I did a substance use history on her, and I'm asking all those questions. Alcohol, eh, you know, some social use, but nothing like chronic or concerning. Cannabis, mm. no use. So I'm like, wait a second mm. here. You, The very first drug you used was heroin? And she's like, her, yeah. Her mom and shot I, her up or something. Her, her mom shot her up. Is that the story? or No, no. No, this, this is that, was... I've heard, of, I've heard a lot of that, you know? Like someone, that's why it was first use, you know? Because that would make sense. Someone did it to her, you know? Well, yeah. from what I remember of our story is that um, there was this local band um, and she was kind of infatuated with the lead singer and the band in general, she started kind of hanging around with them. Uh, a few of those folks who I think were using heroin and to kind of to fit in once again, common theme here. Uh, mm. You know, she, she, you know, she went for it and then, you know, lo and behold, you know, it, it was the beginning of the end for her, uh, which you know spanned for several years uh, of, of use. But that was honestly, honestly, of the five years I was there, the one distinct story that I remember that was like of, like significantly odd compared to like everybody else that came into the, to yeah. the method. It was the outlier. It was the outlier. Yeah. 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 So, I, so I think, um, yeah. And, you know, to, to kind of to bring on this kind of like this, oh, another interesting story. Um, hmm. A place that I worked at, I, I won't reveal where and with whom, but a, a medical director, so, so, you know, medical doctor, someone who's not necessarily trained with substance use, but should have a working knowledge, you know, you know, working with, you know, uh, young people, you know, whatever. And so kind of I had a meeting, you know, with, you know, nurses and nurse practitioners kind of talking about like, you know, you know, addiction, addiction treatment, you know, counseling services, you know, the whole nine yards. And so in mm. front of everybody now, this is like my first meeting, like meeting this large group. So the medical director, the medical doctor, right, the head of this office says in front of everybody that, oh, isn't, you know, marijuana a, a gateway drug? And I'm like, what year are we in? Is this what? <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. like, honestly, I was just like blown away with just the, the, the lack of information. And then on top of that, misinformation. Yeah. So I paused for a second there and I was just like, how do I answer this? Right. I want to come across like collaborative. I want to be kind of accurate. And so I started to speak and I was just like, well, actually, you know, that theory, you know, is, is, you know, misproven, you know, it, it's a, it's a myth. You know, I started to explain. And as I was explaining her associate also jumped in and said like, yes, according to all the research and science that, you know, you know, yeah. cannabis does not, you know, directly lead, you know, to other, uh, you know, harder right. substances, whatnot. And we had this kind of like this like fruitful conversation and then turning it yeah. into like, you know, my services or whatever. But this is the yeah. stuff that we're dealing with. Like, I mean, you as a person seeking treatment in treatment, whatever, and me on the other side, like unfortunately still in today's world, having to, you know, bust these stupid myths that yeah. get people stuck in certain ways, mm -hmm. but also limit the access of services because, the, the, the fear is being driven into these folks when, um, again, all the evidence does not suggest that that's going to happen. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, I think I, I read a book also on addiction some time ago. And, you know, the author, I forget exactly who, who wrote it, but they had an interesting spin on this conversation where they right. had said, that to prevent like you know serious or intense addiction that you prevent mm. a young person 
well past the age of 21 from even nicotine, alcohol, or cannabis. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Can you think of why? Why? Brain development. Tell me. Hmm. So, you know, 21-year-olds, yes, their brains are still developing according to the science, you know, uh, you know, anywhere between 24 and 26, but well into like those early 20s, those yeah. folks generally will have experiences, right? Uh, I'll define it as normal without substances, without yeah. having to kind of like self-medicate or have fun with alcohol or take risks with weed or, yeah. you know, s- smoke cigarettes because friends are doing yeah. it, whatever that case was. So it was a really interesting uh, yeah interesting theory that I, I reflected on and obviously I'm still holding on to uh, now. Um, and I think for brain development, you know, it makes a lot of sense with, you know, lived yeah. experiences and navigating life without substances. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Hmm. Any other, any other weed stuff or. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think uh, the, the moral or the conclusion of our episode uh, today about kind of the gateway theory is that it doesn't exist, right? It's completely false. Um, it's based on fear and misinformation, and it's not helpful uh, to even the person who's smoking weed. And you know, for the, for our audience members out there who have you know maybe you know adolescent you know children or are concerned about you know children and kind of preteens, is that yeah. you know. Have that conversation. Have conversations about, you know, self-medicating behavior. Have conversations about self-esteem and self-confidence. Have conversations about what are they hearing um, in school, right? Are, are their friends talking about, you know, this kind of behavior? Um, you know, vaping is, is, is very powerful in young people's lives today. Like having these honest mm-hmm. conversations, you know, with that young person, you know, definitely goes a long way. And if you are legitimately yep. concerned about, you know, their behavior with substances. There are therapists, you know, like me who, not necessarily like me, but like therapists who are trained to, to talk with young people about substance use, you know, substances. So find a therapist that's an you know expert in a, like adolescent therapy uh, with substance use um, and just kind of bring that into the kind of the, the professional uh, landscape. And I think definitely you can have a positive experience. Um, can I, can I add something? something? No, that. Yeah, I just thought of, thought of something. Um, <clears throat> I have met I, I have met some um, some people in recovery who there, um, and I spoke to one actually kind of recently, like weeks ago, um, that they're in recovery from marijuana only, right? That was their substance, which leads mm-hmm. me to you know that when they when when telling me about this. You know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, really, this is what got you, you know, in, you know, sober house or treatment or this is, you know, this is your thing that you got to focus on, you know, optimizing mm-hmm. uh, it at first, right? Kind of judgmental way. Hearing people share a part who, you know, find it problematic and enter recovery for with that substance versus you know the substance itself you know um you know what you know they're they're fiending for it you know they they mm-hmm. they need it they need for it and all this stuff right so I, I you know i did was thinking about that as you know at the end here um any thoughts on that yeah, no, I mean, it definitely brings up a good point is that um, one, you know, that that's a scary thing about substance use is that, you know, our genes play a huge role in all of that. And so one person's experience with cannabis is not like someone else's experience with cannabis. And so right. I, I do agree with, you know, that and that does happen, again, significantly higher than I think what we talk about, because there is that kind of, you know, embarrassment of like, oh, I'm seeking treatment for weed. And, yeah. and you know, people are in here who are like, you know, IV heroin use, right? So I think when right. we kind of compare that, it's kind of unfair comparison, but it, I love the yep. word that you used is the relationship with substances, goals with any substance for that matter. Um, yep. But with weed even uh, is at a different level. And I think people also minimize or d- devalue and discredit uh, the physical effects 
and withdrawal that people go through with and without uh, cannabis in their system. Um, yeah. It's not, again, we need, we need to not compare it to like an opioid withdrawal, but people do go through withdrawal, you know, um, side effects and symptoms that will then uh, get them to use again to uh, stop those uh, symptoms. Yeah. Um, and then we're talking about, you know, priorities. We're talking about, you know, using more than what a person intended to do it. Um, again, that becoming the only and, you know, and every activity that they engage in. Um, so yeah, it, it does mimic a, a lot of other substances out there too. So uh, yeah. it, it definitely is prevalent. Very good. Very good. I think it was, I think it was a, a good topic for tonight. Definitely. Yeah, that's right. So I think um, we're transitioning into, I think some of our audience's uh, favorite part of, of the <laughs> podcast. For sure, Z. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're, you're ready for the five controversies? This is the segment where we uh, title five controversies. Uh, there's five items or five uh, lines here, uh, two opposing, generally two opposing uh, <clears throat> thoughts. And Adam and I will uh, try to kind of tease them out and uh, make fun of each other while doing so. All right, Ready? let's begin. Yeah, All right. Soft versus crunchy cookies. Soft cookies. Soft, for sure. Um, yeah, something about um, not having to put so much effort into crunching down on the cookie, you know, it's an effort thing with me. Right. And not to mention like texture. I just, something about the texture, um, of a soft cookie. And if you do dip it in the milk, then it just breaks down a little easier than the crunchy ones. So yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, soft cookie all the way. Um, I've obviously had crunchy cookies, but if they were both in front of me, my hand will be going soft cookies. Um, I just love the feel of like, again, biting into it, it being soft. Um, I don't know, just there's just some, like a, a definitely like a placebo effect, but a, a, a taste factor seems to be like it's tastier. Um, mm. what cookies are meant to be, you know, like a fresh out of the oven, soft, edible. Mm. I don't know, is that a strong relationship? If I think about it, um, it's closest to like its original form of the cookie dough to how good cookie go. dough is, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's everywhere. All right. All right. Next one um, jewelry versus non jewelry on your body. <laughs> um. I mean, I'd like to have some jewelry if I didn't give it away for a hit of crack, but um, <laughs> I would go with uh, the gold chain that cross that I that my grandfather gave me from um, you know for straight from Italy, where he's from. Um, mm. And then came back and, and you know got it for me, and um, yeah, I sold it on the street for for basically like forty dollars worth of crack. You know, this was pure gold chain, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I hate to go, you know, throw that this into you know <laughs> our five controversies, but just another you know another thing you know that I think about every so often. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm jewelry, watch, chain. I don't have any of that right now, but yeah, I would go jewelry. Mm. See, w when I think of the term jewelry, right, I, I think of like, again, gold chains, like bracelets, rings even. Um, I mean, I, I'm looking at my wrist now. I do have bracelets, but they're plastic. I don't necessarily consider them jewelry. Uh, I have mm. a watch, uh, but that's more of like function than jewelry. The only jewelry that I have is my wedding ring. Uh, I mm. was into like necklaces at one point, but like, no, I just, it never felt like authentic, never felt like me. So I, I for me, I would say non-jewelry. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. I don't want to make it sound too. I'm not going back on what I said, but I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm Mr. T over here when I have jewelry. It's just, you know, maybe just a gold chain and a watch, or it's not like I'm loaded up, you know, <laughs> wearing every piece of jewelry at once. Yeah. They in recovery, early recovery, they call it, oh, do you have the Mr. T starter kit? You know, because that, you know, that means you're, you know, you're, you're loaded up, you know, you're trying to fix you know, your uncomfortable feelings with all this gold and stuff, you know. Yeah. Outside appearance versus inside appearance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next one. Next controversy. Lightness versus darkness. Would you prefer to be in light or prefer to be in dark? You're unbelievable. I mean, you're not going to... You put me in this position, you know, Um it's situational, Den. Oh, it's situational. God. Yeah, it's it's situational, man. For like, the audience, during this is the what day, I have to deal with. This is during the day, during the day, like I like natural light, so I'm I'm opening the blinds. I'm letting the the natural light in. Um, I like you know sunny day. Um, but and then if it's you know if it's um. If it's evening time, you know, early, early morning and the sun's, you know, the sun, you know, sun's out and I I still want to sleep in. I'm making sure that the room is, is dark enough for me to sleep still and the light isn't coming in. Is this what you mean? Is this what you're asking me? I mean, you, 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 pretty, much, this you pretty much describe the sun coming up and the sun going down at them. <laughs> That was, oh my god! I'm gonna fall off. I'm gonna fall off my chair right now. I'm gonna fall. Yeah, for the audience, if you don't know, uh, when the sun it's comes, been a rough up, day. When the sun goes down, it becomes dark, and you have to deal with both of those. Things. <laughs> I'm having a rough day. Give me a break. So no, so <laughs> when it's nighttime, I prefer night. When it's daytime, I prefer. I, I, Per day, I can't. That's my that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. D just as you know, just as nature would have it. That's how I like it. That's so <laughs> stupid. That's so stupid. Oh my God. Uh, I, I would take uh, light over darkness any point. Yeah, like the sun comes out. Like I, I'm one of these people that will lift all the blinds, lift all the sun and just like absorb that sun, the natural light as you refer to, as much as possible. Uh, there's, there's just something about just light entering and uh, this like rejuvenating to me like every single day. Can I ask you a oh. question? Oh God. Now if it's evening, right? Like it is right <laughs> now, right? If it's evening, <laughs> would you, would you want to force light in some way? Oh, there's no light to be forced. <laughs> it's dark. The sun is oh, gone. Man. All right, move on to the next one. <laughs> next one. Oh, God. Uh, next one. Sweet versus salty. They're both in the Dude. front of you. Which one do you reach for first? Dude. You're supposed to say... You know, like, dude, where's my car? Yeah, you see, you know that scene. Sweet, dude. Sweet. You don't know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. It's an awful movie. It should never, <laughs> never be referred to in public. Sweet. Um, I think I'm gonna go with sweet. Um, sweet definitely over salty. Um, that I don't have. I just. Something, you know, the I don't like the the taste of salt. I don't you know, I don't put salt on, on much at all, you know. Um, just on my food in general. I stay away from it. because um, I don't know, I don't know, I have some type of aversion to it some mm. some way. But um yeah, I'm going I'm going sweet. Yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you again. Uh definitely if there was again a cookie versus a potato chip, definitely reaching always you know you know for the sweet thing uh you know really calls to me my my obsession my unhealthy obsession 
uh, sweet uh, versus salty Dude. all day, all night. That, the Ew. next one is is not necessarily a controversy, but I, I think that there are, I think, two distinct groups out there. You're either one or the other. Sometimes you might okay. go back and forth, but right, I, think I, know, I, know, I think I know what you are, and you may, you may know what I am. But uh, coffee versus tea. Yeah, coffee. That's an easy one. Uh, yeah. Tea for me all See, the way. I, yeah. Um, so I don't drink any coffee. None. Zero. So, I like the taste of coffee more than tea, number one. Um, and I think part of it is just out of habit, habit, because I've been doing, I've been drinking coffee for so long. Honestly, mm -hmm. I, I think that that's part of it too, you know. Mm -hmm. But I do like the taste better. Mm. Yeah, I, I've tried coffee. Uh, like even like the lattes and blah 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 whatever yeah. uh just very very bitter to me not not enjoyable so yeah definitely yeah. adverse to coffee prefer my tea um all day and night so yeah, that was the fifth controversy really, yeah so we can't really do like the starbies versus dunks controversy with you uh, all right well, well that, that might be coming really, down in later episodes who knows can't really do it if you don't drink coffee i mean they do sell other products there. I'm not sure you caught the menu. They do. I don't. I don't get any other products. <laughs> that's 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 the problem. You ever see? You ever see those sandwiches and Starbucks that they have in the window? Ugh. <laughs> uh, so that that's the episode. Uh, this is it. Uh, episode. I think number. I think we're on six now. Um, yeah, so uh, hopefully you all enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully you took something from it. Again, any questions that anyone might have or any topics that we should discuss, please reach out to us personally. I think most folks have our own contact information, but our collective information is theaddictandthecounselor at gmail.com. It's a way to reach us, you know, reach out to us, let us know how we're doing. Um, if we need to kind of focus on something, please follow and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music Podcasts, and also on Spotify, we greatly appreciate, uh, you know, the dimensions, the feedback, uh, and just, uh, you know, supporting, you know, two guys trying to do the right thing. All right. Sounds great. Hey, right, uh, thanks a lot. I'll, hey, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, we'll do. Have a good All one. Right, have a good night. Thanks, Thank you.